The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to the Work-Life Balance. We're so excited to have you with us on another Friday, and it is it is just that uh, we've got uh, some concerns uh, for the hurricane, some of our listeners uh, that are in the southeast coast of the United States. Uh, so our hopes and, and prayers are with you. We hope uh, everything is okay. For those of you listening to us live, uh, we always are so passionate about you. We appreciate you. We hope that you call in with us today uh, as we've got a fantastic guest. Uh, this morning already, it's been a fantastic day. We had the Live to Lead event. Uh, so for those of you that participated in the simulcast, it was you know 30 plus countries, uh, tens of thousands of leaders uh, around the world got a, a chance to listen directly to uh, Simon Sinek, Liz Wiseman. Uh, Dan Cathy, and of course the great John C. Maxwell, uh, partake in some leadership advice. And, and if you if you didn't get a chance to do that, all these simulcasts had the opportunity uh, to do replays in your local areas. So so reach out to the people. You can still go to l2l.johnmaxwell.com and find out uh, who hosted it in your area. They'll be doing replays. Uh, it was such an awesome event. Uh, it was one of the first times I've really gotten a chance to see Simon Sinek present. Uh, live, I've heard Liz and I've, I've seen Dan in, in obviously being part of the John Maxwell team. I've seen John multiple times. But the four of them together and just how they gelled in, in the message that we heard today was just phenomenal. It's gotten me fired up, uh, which is fantastic. But uh, don't want to take too much time away from our guest today. As uh, But I do want to tell a story uh, of how we got here. So one of those days where, where you're just... Uh, Happened to be searching the web, looking for for information, and uh, I came across this article, and, and this article is just so beautifully written, and um, I, I want to name the articles and be really, really uh, uh, descriptive of the article so that you guys can go to it. It was called, uh, The 20 Brutal Truths About Life No One Wants to Admit. Again, The 20 Brutal Truths About Life No One Wants to Admit. So Google that. It's going to come up. And so, you know, the title obviously jumped right out at me. Uh, and as I read this article, it, it absolutely just spoke to my heart. And so immediately I, I was like, so who is this person who wrote that? It was beautiful. And I reached out to him uh, via Twitter and started an exchange and invited him to come to the show and so excited to, to have him here. He's a, a licensed therapist. He's an addiction specialist, a life coach and a doctorate student, uh, writes for major publications like Inc. Magazine, Huffington Post, Business Insider and more. Uh, super passionate about leading people down the road of self-discovery and self-development and believes each person can can develop a greater sense of presence and enables them to discover their power and then achieve their true potential. So without further ado, I'd love to uh, invite Matt Jones to the Work-Life Balance. Matt, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for having me. 
Yeah, and thank you for you know responding to my Twitter request and, and allowing me to cyber stalk you and, and be one of those weird fans to, to reach out. But I, I had to talk to you. And and you have a website uh, called uh, PresencePowerPotential.com. Uh, just tell my listening audience just a little bit about yourself and, and who you are and some of your qualifications, and then we'll, we'll get into to your platform. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as you said, I am a life coach, also a licensed clinician here in the state of Illinois and an addiction specialist, and I'm also working towards earning my doctorate in clinical psychology. And in addition to all of that, I try to write for fun on the side, and I was really happy to hear that the article I wrote, The 20 Brutal Truths, really resonated with you. It was one of the best ones that I've had yet in terms of response from the audience, and I felt like it was one of those that came kind of naturally and was really, it was just, it was honest and it was from my heart and I think it also impacted other people. Yeah, it, it really did. And, and it, it, it was, again, I'm, I'm actually going to bring it up because I, I, I do want to talk about it because I, I felt like it brought us together. And, um, sure. it, and, it, and what's great is you just Google 20 brutal truths and boom, it's there. And what's, what's amazing about how you wrote this is you're only 12 years old. So you've accomplished so much, uh, at such a young age, which is fantastic. I'm just teasing. Um, so <laughs> what, I mean, but number one, and, and I think that this is what hit me so hard is, I mean, number one, uh, was, you know, you're going to die and you have no idea when. And yeah, so I think that's okay. what brought me in. Explain that one really quickly. Well, I think it's just one of those things we pretend so much, uh, that we're not going to die and we deny our own mortality in more than one way. I mean, it's everything from chasing of success, material gains, uh, relationships. We do these things to sort of buffer ourselves from the existential reality of our own mortality. And I think whenever you confront it, uh, whenever you really look at yourself in the mirror and realize that there is a finitude to your own existence, it gives you a sense of power. It allows you to find what's meaningful in your life and how to make the most of the time that you do have. And so there were so many things in, in for, for the listeners of my show, and we've been on for, for almost a year now. And, and so I'm, I'm a follower of, of John Maxwell and, and part of his team, and, and we do a lot of life coaching there. And one of the things he says um, is that, you know, success doesn't bring you happiness, but significance does. And, uh, you know, your number three was your material wealth won't make you a better or happier person. And, uh, and then also you said your obsession with finding happiness is what prevents its attainment. I really liked both of those points. Yeah, and I think that's, that's a key one. I noticed even in my own life that whenever I find myself looking for happiness as an external factor, whether that's through in school getting good grades whether that's through my own spiritual practice of having a really good meditation session or, uh, I don't know, like, in, like landing an awesome client, all those different things where I'm looking to the outside to make me happy, they end up sort of creating this belief that I'm already not enough, my life is already not good enough, and it perpetuates the cycle of unhappiness rather than leading us a direction of attaining happiness, which I would argue is present and it's it's already prior to any sort of acquisition it's really a radical acceptance of what's already happening in your life and that's such a great theme and it's come out in so many great books and you know good to great or whether you read positive intelligence or any of maxwell's books or any of these books out here but you know it, it it really conflicts with a lot of things that we've been taught when certainly when i was younger which is you know around goal setting 
And it, it's like, well, once you get that goal, it's like, it, it's good to have goals. We're not saying the goal setting yeah. is bad, but it's like, once you attain that goal, now what? And so you hear this, well, once I get that job, I'll be happier. Once I buy that house, I'll be happier. You know, once, once I get that promotion. But then once you get it, you're like, okay, now what? Right? Now, now what's next? Yeah, and that's one of my favorite things to point out. Usually whenever I write articles on happiness, it's always if I get that job, if I get that promotion, or if I get these new shoes. But as soon as you get those new shoes, they kind of lose their sparkle a little bit, and they become the new normal. So we get on this treadmill of always wanting the next best thing rather than simply being satisfied and happy and grateful, really, for what we already have. And in terms of goals, I think you're absolutely right. I think... It's one of those things where you have to find the right balance. I think forward-looking and setting goals and having a chief aim is really important, but at the same time, having flexibility and being able to reflect and appreciate what's already happening in your life along the way because it's not really about reaching the peak. It's about the climb all the way up the side of the mountain. And everything worthwhile is uphill for sure, which led to your number 10, which was... Your achievements and successes won't matter on your deathbed. <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah, I think that one I was I was kind of taking a shot. I think so often we build up, you know, whether it is a career, whether it's a monetary value. And I always like to question for myself, who is that really for? Is that for me or is that to show my friends, my colleagues, my family? And I think the more that we can sort of challenge ourselves to look beyond achievements, beyond titles, and really get to the root of what it means to be human and to have meaningful relationships, the better. And I'll, I'll say one more, and then we'll let everybody else go Google and read the article for themselves. But I think one that, that really hit me as well was 18, where he said, pleasure is temporary and fleeting, so stop chasing fireworks and start building a constellation. That one was just beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Actually, uh, a good friend of mine told me that uh, stop chasing fireworks and start building a constellation. I thought it was the most beautiful metaphor I've ever heard because it really speaks to the idea of instant gratification versus delaying that and then achieving something or experiencing something greater and more lasting. So I kind of related it to pleasure because I think a lot of people confuse happiness with pleasure. We find ourselves seeking out pleasurable things, whether that's food, whether that's, I mean, for me, it's like sweets, right? Like those get me every time, coffee, whatever it may be. People have different ways of pleasuring themselves, but what they don't realize is what they're chasing is happiness, but that happiness isn't something to be achieved, and it's not something that those pleasures are going to lead to. So I was trying to kind of put that in the focus lens so people could see and challenge themselves to really realize that pleasure isn't happiness. And so we've got about two minutes to break, but but that that's what led us to each other. And then I certainly wanted to know then more about who you were. And so, uh, what what really was your passion? I mean, what drives you? That's a really good question. I think it's kind of hard for me to actually summarize. I would say my entire life I've been having a desire to understand the way that I perceive reality and understand other people, including myself. So. I think my driving factor is to continue my own self-growth, self-discovery, and in the process, help others along their path as well. 
And so that's kind of like pulling a string, though, on a, a sweater, isn't it? That whole self-growth, self-discovery. <laughs> Once you realize what you don't know, you find out how much more you really don't know, right? It's that never-ending journey. And I think that's the most beautiful thing about it. Absolutely. Yeah, you create that awareness kind of void, then all of a sudden you realize how much more aware you are and then how much more unaware you really are. And I think and we, we speak a lot of that on the show. So uh, if this first segment wasn't uh, enough bait to keep you guys coming back to hear more from Matt Jones, we're really going to get into um, his platform and, and really uh, talk about some of the mental health and personal practices of him. And so uh, I'm really excited to, to dive in and, and find out more about Matt Jones, what he's all about and uh, some of his things. But while we're on break, I I, I can't stress enough. Go out, take a look at the 20 Brutal Truths uh, article, and also visit PresencePowerPotential.com. That's how you can get in touch with Matt Jones for yourself and and find out more about him. We're going to take a quick break, and you're listening to The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand. They are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. 
And we're back. As always, if you think you'd make a fantastic guest on the Work-Life Balance, you can visit rickamorris.com and send a contact information there for me. And uh, I'll follow up with you. We'd love to find out uh, what you're all about as well. Coming up on the show, uh, we've got Brittany Wagner that's going to be on uh, with us on the 21st from the uh, Netflix series uh, Last Chance You. Uh, so we're excited to have Brittany coming up on the show. Next week, we're actually going to be on a break uh, as I attend the uh, Tennessee-Alabama football game, which means my work-life balance priorities are in check as well. So coming back with Matt Jones, he uh, he's an author, uh, writes for several uh, publications, and has done just a beautiful job. And, and so we were just talking about his passions, and often we like to connect our, our, our passions with our purpose, Matt. And so really did... You know, what fulfills your purpose? What What is the purpose that drives you as well? Yeah, I think in terms of purpose, I've really moved in a direction of mental health, which I personally believe is sort of the foundation for success in our society. And I think so often we don't really pause to realize or check in with how we're actually feeling about situations. Speaking for myself, I grew up and I was largely very intellectual. So as opposed to like actually bodily feeling uh, my emotions. It was more so thinking about them, contemplating, and I realized that over time that was actually preventing happiness both personally and in terms of my relationships. So as I've started to address that more through my own personal therapy, my own meditation, yoga, and other practices, I've really seen how that can blossom, how prioritizing your mental health actually then impacts your physical well-being uh, I mean, it, it's all connected. I think so often we sort of say this mental health, physical health, emotional, psychological, spiritual, all these different divisions. But in fact, they're all so interrelated that whenever you really focus on one part, and in particular, if you can also have those other foundations in terms of physical well-being, and you're addressing all those simultaneously, I think that's where the true growth happens at the quickest pace possible. Now, sorry, I'm, I'm going to take you a little bit uh, on that same subject, and, and again, because I, I, I heard Simon uh, talk about this today, and certainly as you know, part of the, as we're looking at this millennial generation and the the divide with Gen X and everything else that's going on, and the role that technology has played in that, um, and something he really said today, and it it, it struck me, um, and so he, he was talking about the 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 actual dopamine release that that technology provides, right? That social media provides, the likes on Twitter, likes on Facebook, that's and there's actually, you know, scientific proof of a dopamine release to that. And and the the other things that are scientifically proven of dopamine release is to, you know, alcohol and tobacco and gambling. And so we have age restrictions on all of that, but we don't have any age restrictions on the social media side. So as as you know, our, our younger generation, and, and certainly I have a 15 and 10-year-old, are very active on social media. Uh, as they're learning to cope with a lot of these emotions, they don't have the coping mechanism, yet we, we've given them this, this technology advantage, but, but we're really not teaching them those coping skills. Has that played into your life as well? And have you seen that that's been more of a struggle to connect because of that, you know, need it now, you know, hard to connect kind of society? Well, I would say we definitely live in a culture of instant gratification, and I would say that technology is playing a a large role, and I was actually talking to a friend about this earlier, and I don't know if we can say for sure that technology in general and social media and things like that is either inherently good or bad. I think it's just reality. I think it's becoming increasingly integrated in 
all sorts of aspects. And as you point out, dopamine levels and things like that, I would say technology is now almost an extension of oneself, one's body, and it's really interesting to see where it's going to go, especially with the Apple Watch and things like that. As it becomes even more integrated into our lives, it's going to totally transform our reality. And that's not even getting into virtual reality, but I think the important thing is to realize that it's not necessarily that technology is making our kids or younger generations unable to cope. It's just a different form of coping. Just like bullying, for example. We look at traditional bullying and we think we understand it and then now it's cyber and that brings up a whole other host of problems, especially since older generations don't even understand the internet as well as youngers. Um, I think in general, the things that I've seen now living in a city is what appears to be on the surface greater interpersonal distance, uh, people who feel uncomfortable, even engaging in friendly conversation, looking at other people in the eyes, and what they're doing is they're on their phones. And so it creates this, this weird divide where we are practicing the art of partial attention. We're no longer fully present, we're no longer fully engaging in the here and now of our physical space what we're doing is connecting to people all over the world. And so I think there are definitely certain pros and certain cons of that. Yeah, I find that I, obviously it's here to stay, right? There's, there's no there's no coming back. And, and I'm very active on social media, and there's definitely some pros in the, in the sense. A great example of that being just in Kansas City, being able to reconnect with my best friend, you know, from the second grade and being able to go over and meet his kids and, and, and you know, have dinner with, with his family uh, because of social media. He found out I was in town and, and we were able to do that, right? So that's is certainly the pro side of, of being able to reconnect and, and see people. Um, and, and then the downside is, you know, you know, some people haven't even learned how to, to have the awkward conversation of dating because they just learned how to swipe right, right? So, I mean, it just, <laughs> right, there, there's just, there's the pros, the cons, and, and everywhere in between. But I, I didn't mean to take you off topic there, but you said a couple of things that triggered me on, on something I'd heard earlier, and I'd love to dive in on those types. So yeah. you, you had mentioned some personal practices um, that you have been doing and, and certainly um, practicing kind of uh, things that you do. So what, what personal practices are most important to you, and, and why are those important to you? Yeah, I would say that, you know, in, in this digital age of image-driven sort of society where you're talking about social media and things like that and the idea of presenting yourself a certain way, I think it creates a dangerous trap where people might not present themselves as they actually are. And I'm one of those people who, through years of practice now, actually practice what I preach and I am what I portray to the best of my ability because I think without authenticity, uh, we live in a world devoid of meaning. So... For me, I started uh, a few years ago meditating, and I kind of dabbled in it. It was so difficult at first because I thought I was doing it wrong. I thought that, you know, what is this just sitting in silence? It's not going to help me do anything. And then actually within the last three years or so, that's really uh, been a new foundation for me where I came back to it. I noticed significant benefits in terms of my focus, ability to be present, so I would say meditation is absolutely huge. And then I also, at the same time that I got really into meditation, started my own personal therapy, which is something that, especially as a therapist and psychologist in training, I always tell people, you know, you should go and you should do therapy. It's great for all of these reasons. 
And a lot of people are hesitant due to the stigma, which I completely understand. That's why I delayed it so many years in my life. But I will say that starting that journey has been the most transformative experience in my life without a doubt. And then, so in addition to meditation and therapy, I would say some of the physical basics of eating a healthy diet, sleeping enough, making sure you're hydrated. For me, especially weightlifting has been an absolutely huge part of my life, which has been a really, it's a good outlet. And I think we all need to have that, uh, especially physically, whenever we spend so much of our days in our minds and in our heads, it's great to integrate that and connect with your body. And then the last one, of course, I would say is writing, which has been really fun for me. Again, as a way to sort of take all the thoughts that I have floating around my mind and then channel them and then hopefully for a greater good of connecting with others. Yeah, and writing is a very, very difficult topic. And we, we, were, we were touching on it when we were meeting kind of pre-show. You know, we create this content. We hope it's beneficial. And, we hope, and, and people think that, um, I, I, I don't know, it's different when you're an author. And, it, you know, as I go and speak, and one of the greatest compliments we, we hear is, you know, wow, I read that and it was, you know, I, I love it or thank you for writing that. or but, but that's just coming from our hearts, our minds, things that we feel that we need to share. Um, but uh, it's such a difficult process because it's 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 total vulnerability. The the words are on the page; they exist forever, right? They're they're out there, um, and and that process of doing that, and um, certainly then going through the editing process is is a lot of fun. Um, where where people tell you, well, you can't say that or that's not right, and you're like, but it's my truth. It is <laughs> it is right. That is my truth. That is what happens. Um, so that whole process, when you say, you know, beneficial to clear your mind, how, how are you finding that, um, in, in advancing your purpose? Well, I think being able to, especially, I mean, I, I have such a privileged position, both in terms of my own personal identities, visible and invisible, and then also in terms of my education. So for me, one way that I'm connecting my purpose of advancing mental health is taking all of the fancy lingo and things that I learned in school and actually trying to share that and make it common knowledge for people because I see so many people that maybe read certain things and have trouble implementing them. So I want to try to get those people the right information honestly in a way that they know works. So whenever I say, if you do these certain things, you will have a better life, and those certain things are meditation, therapy, reading, writing, and exercising. Like, I know that that works from my own experience. So for me, writing has also been a practice of that vulnerability, kind of as you were saying. I think that's one thing that's really beautiful is, is putting it out there for the world to see and then recognizing that as long as you're speaking your truth, that's the best you can do. And as you reflect and as you grow as a person, you look back at what you've done before and I can't wait to see what I think about my writing in 20 years. I have no idea my reaction or anything, but I hope that I'll be able to look back and be proud of what I did because it was from who I really am. How, how long have you been writing, Matt? Well, I feel like I, I've only actually been writing uh, more so publicly and releasing things for the last two years. So before that, it was all academia, which is a very different style. So that's been uh, sort of an adjustment for me is trying to fine-tune my message for a way that is more digestible by the public. 
Yeah, and it's it, it's a fantastic journey. And so so I've been been an author and public speaker now for for over ten years. And and uh, to relay a story to you and and, and to help you, listening to John Maxwell today, who's you know written a hundred and what thirty one books now. And he shared a story today where uh, a lady had approached him with his first book. And he said his first book took him a year to write. And it, was a, uh, it took him a full year, and it was 100 pages, and it was, it was 33 chapters. <laughs> he, said, he said, if you get the point, it wasn't very good. And he said uh, the lady brought, brought the book up to him, and, and she said she loved the book. And he said, really? <laughs> Why? <laughs> and she said, because of short chapters. He said, <laughs> and he he said, if you only knew how long it took me. He said some of those chapters were two pages too long. <laughs> he said, so yeah. you know, it's a really difficult process, and then all of a sudden something triggers in your brain, and and then it starts to flow. Um, but but really interesting process. And, and as I go back, because you transform, and because you read, and because you write, and hopefully people are on this personal journey of growth. I I don't recognize my own writing from five or six or seven years ago. It don't don't That's remember awesome. writing it. Don't don't remember where I was in my journey, and and yeah. don't even recognize that person, which is a great thing. That that's what I that's what I pray and hope for you. That's what I pray and hope for you. Uh, yeah, and and, awesome. and as a as a compliment to you, if I was a. a, a, a Thirtieth of where you were in, in your second year, then I'd I'd be sitting at a at a Maxwell status right about now. So uh, <laughs> some of it just comes naturally to some people. Some of us, you know, we, we have to work a whole lot harder uh, because your writing is just absolutely beautiful. And if you want to see some of that writing again, uh, you can go out to um, uh, Ink.com. You can go to Huffington Post. Uh, and check out PresencePowerPotential.com to see uh, some of Matt's writings. Uh, we're going to take another break, and we'll be right back with Matt Jones. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. 
Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back. We're having a fantastic conversation uh, with Matt Jones, and we want to continue it now. We've been really talking about self-development in the modern world and in some of his personal practices. And, and Matt, as I've been talking to you, I've been getting kind of two different flavors, and I want to see if there is a combination there uh, from you. So as we've been talking, I'm certainly hearing the psychology side. You talked about, um, you know, certainly therapy and 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 how transformative that's been. But you you sound like a very spiritual individual as well. So there's yoga and meditation and that kind of stuff. And and so is that something that, that you're combining in, in terms of self-development? Yeah, absolutely. And I think speaking a little bit to what we said earlier about the idea of not just treating one thing at a time, so not just working on your mind or not just working on your body, but really trying to have an integrative understanding and holistic understanding of health. I think is really where the field is heading in general, and I think that's where the most growth happens, and that's been the case in my own life. So while I understand that spirituality is kind of a loaded term, for some people it's uh, something they were raised with or born into. For others, it's something that they've opted out of. And for others yet, still, there's something to be said for moments of awe, moments of wonder and transcendence and connecting to something sacred that seems bigger than yourself, whether that's like walking out into a mountainous region and hiking or seeing an ocean, all these different things that we do to connect to something larger, I think, uh, really kind of put a certain perspective that's really valuable to have, both in terms of our life, in terms of our work and our relationships. So... For me, and I I know that this gets a little bit kind of esoteric, but I I think that spirituality is really the true ground of being within which all things arise. So I kind of view the world as inherently spiritual. So it's really kind of challenging for me to to slice it up and see it any other way. And so it's kind of like a weird duality that I exist in. On one hand, studying the mind and the body, the separate self, and then on the other hand, sort of seeing through it as... uh, the universe and it's a really beautiful place to be and I just hope to be able to use wisdom from both sides to help people continue their own journeys. No, I completely agree. And not to make light of it, but my spiritual place is, you know, walking into Neyland Stadium when there's 109,000, you know, roaring. So, um, yeah. no, I'm just joking. But, uh, but, but it, no, I, I certainly get what you're, what you're coming from. And, and it's, it's wild, 
as we look at our generations as they go on how much we have to dance around that subject. And, and you know, I, I do miss the days that, that, that we could discuss it freely without having to discuss just the religion aspect of it, right? So it, it, uh, to me, I was always raised to, 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 to believe but not care in what you believe, if, if that makes sense. And, and to just to know that everyone has their own beliefs, everyone can care and, and believe, but for all of us just to honor and respect those beliefs. And, and I feel like we've just, I feel like the pendulum swings either way so hard. And so now it's, it's, you know, we can't even discuss that people believe on, in anything, well, for, for anything. I, yeah, and I think the, the toughest part about that is just having that sense of appreciation for someone else. And that's kind of the way that I tie in spirituality is not being tied to a religion or a belief or a practice, but really just honoring the sacredness of each individual as their own autonomous being. And so for me, I think that's where religion, spirituality can be used in vain is to sort of say, you know, everyone must behave this way or not this way or whatever. I think true spirituality is devoid of all of that. And it's really just about appreciating uh, every unique individual and what they bring to the table. And I'm with you on that, too. I'm more into, I've been blessed to see some of the most beautiful places on this planet. And there's just a moment where you have to close your eyes and just yeah. and just let that wash over you. I'm I'm not interested in who who can or can't eat pork, right? Or or who, you know <laughs> that kind of stuff, right? But I, I'm interested in. There's a moment where you'll just see something, and and you are just taken away. And you can explain that feeling any way you want. I I love your explanation of pure awe, and I'm just yeah. blown away by the beauty of this world. And that moment that you just described is what I live for. That is my purpose, and that's something that I not only cherish and value, but that's something I want other people to have that same experience. I think that's the most beautiful part about being alive. And, and seeking that. So to me, you know, everybody becomes addicted to something. I really believe that. And, in, 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 you know, sometimes that can be negative, and sometimes that can be positive. And to me, those are those positive experiences I seek. And so... You know, in my career, I try to build a company and a platform that allows me to go seek out those experiences. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that kind of goes to like going all the way back to the part one where we were talking about sort of confronting your existential reality of the fact that you're going to die. I think it gives you the power to say, what's a game worth playing? And in this case, you're saying the game that I want to play is building this platform that's going to allow me to talk to all these people, have a positive impact and have more of those moments that make me feel alive and blessed and in awe of the world. Absolutely. You said it said beautifully, uh, and there there may be an, a job offer by the end of this interview. So, um, <laughs> what what are some of the best practices that that you can suggest to the audience, and and really just kind of you know what can they do to to really live happier and, and healthier lives? I think the first one that I would say is let go of habits and thoughts that are no longer serving you. So whether that's uh, for me, like sugar, I recently uh, let that go, and as well as caffeine, which let me tell you is no easy task. Wow. Um, yeah, that was started five days ago, so day five. Um, okay, well, it, the journey starts somewhere. <laughs> absolutely. So I think letting go of those things that are making your life more difficult is the first and best step that you can take. And then along with that, I think we all have these inner voices that 
on one hand can drive us and propel us, motivate us to achieve, to do different things, to work towards our goals and things like that. But that voice at the same time can sometimes turn on us and become critical, uh, hurtful, and damaging. And I think I would say to everyone to challenge that voice, to challenge your inner critic, to understand how it's impacting your life and to replace it with something that feels more manageable and more positive. Along with that, I think kind of within those, those inner voices, I think you have that negative one. There's also a positive, and that one I'm going to call your intuition. And I think learning the difference between that sort of critic and your uh, inner intuition is a huge learning curve. But once you do, the more that you can amplify that intuition the better your life is going to be. It always leads you down your path as it should be. So, and then kind of my own thing is practice what you preach. Don't just tell someone to do something and then not do it yourself. If you find yourself giving a lot of advice to friends, family members, children, anything like that, I would just challenge you to take it to the next step and actually implement those things that you're recommending. Because I think really it's so easy to get caught up in a life where you're saying one thing and doing another, but ultimately that leads to unhappiness and dissatisfaction. I think really the more authentic you can be, the more real you can be and more genuine, the better for you and for everyone else around you. So, and just a couple bullet points if you want to take notes. Obviously, I highly recommend yoga, meditation, exercise, therapy, coaching, like whatever it is, that gives you a foundation to cherish and value yourself and then in doing so help others, I think is the way to go. And you're obviously very well read and, and very intellectual. What, what is, is some of your favorite, what, what's one of your favorite books that that's kind of like your go-to? Well, let me say this. I think there's a lot of awesome literature out there that is within the general domain of self-help and things like that. The thing that, that I'm actually going to recommend to people is not just reading those, but actually going to the books and the people that those individuals are citing. So there's been ancient wisdom from gurus that have been passed down for generations upon generations. And whether that's your thing or whether it's like in psychology, reading original Freud and Carl Jung, I say go to the source instead of sort of skimming the surface if you really want the depth. So that's something that I do. Um, so I, I actually don't have a whole lot of uh, more mainstream books that I read. For me, it's, it's very much getting in there and seeing what those other people have read themselves that inspired them to write this book. Wow, very insightful. And, and Carl Jung being one of my favorites. And, <clears throat> excuse me, one of my favorite quotes that I use is, unless you make the unconscious conscious, it'll rule your life and you will call it fate. Yes, it's beautiful. That's that that is a, a driving so I actually have a motivational series that we're developing that's due out in January called No Day But Today. But that is that is one of the things that I cite in the book and in a driving force in my life and in, in, in certainly any of us that are going down that self development and self awareness path. Um, it's all about awareness, right? And it's all in our unconscious. So whether we're trying to to, to learn and then unlearn and relearn, it's it, it's one of the most beautiful, uh, most impactful quotes I think I've ever heard. So, um, yeah. truly, uh, truly amazing stuff. So we're going to take uh, our last break here, and then we're going to do a final segment with Matt when we come out on the other side. 
Uh, we certainly appreciate everyone listening out there. Again, 91 countries that the work-life balance is reaching. We certainly appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, come back on the other side of this break and, and hear uh, the, the question that we ask everybody always, and I'm going to prep Matt so he has some time to think, is what's the best advice he's ever been given? So listen to Matt's answer on the other side of this break. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other, where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage, where applications aren't just part of your brand, they are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end -end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward, and the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy, and the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end -end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back for the final segment of the Work-Life Balance. I'd like to thank our uh, primary sponsor, CA. Always appreciate you guys. We're actually going to be out at CA World in Las Vegas in November. We'll be providing uh, pre-conference education around our total application lifecycle management product. Uh, that's going to be coming up, I believe, November 12th in Las Vegas uh, at CA World for them. Uh, so, so excited that they continue to be a part of the Work-Life Balance. And, of course, always have to shout out Winston Price, my executive producer, uh, always appreciate and love what he does for the show. Uh, so coming back with Matt Jones uh, in our final segment, Matt, I, I did ask you a question in the lead-in. We'll repeat it again. Uh, but uh, we'd like to ask every guest that we have on the show, what is the best advice you've, you've ever been given? 
Yeah, and I think it's such a good question. I'm actually laughing a little bit because my answer kind of has two that then tie together. So let me explain. The first one is a realization that I came to while in the context of the beginning of my self-development journey, which was to practice what I preach and the fact that I am my own guru. And the funny thing about it is that was something I intuitively sensed, something I knew, something I believed in, and yet was behaving and acting in ways that was uh, incongruent, really, with, with that line of thinking. And it actually took my partner, who challenged me to actually do that and to enter therapy, literally calling me out point blank and saying, you're not doing something that you believe in. And that's really the moment that changed my life because I was able to take that and be like, wow, you're absolutely right. Let me go jump on board and actually do that very thing that I tell everyone else that they should do. That's interesting. Yeah, it's, it, <laughs> it, it, it's crazy how um, – I, I, so uh, a couple of shows back, I, I had a, a whole topic planned and um, – and then had some things happen personally, and I love this show, and sometimes I don't have guests, and so it gives me the opportunity just to auditory think and, and utilize mm-hmm. the, the opportunity in the platform to, to talk about things just from my heart. And so I, I, I did one called Parenting an Honest Conversation, and uh, was talking about you know the, the, the opportunity I get to motivate you know hundreds of thousands of leaders around the world, um, but for some reason can't motivate my own daughter to, to, to clean her room. And, it, and what was so funny is my daughter um, then calls me um, uh, about three, four weeks after that show aired as, as she listens to the podcast uh, and, and was just, you know, daddy, I'm, I'm so sorry. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I don't, I don't know what I said <laughs> you know, because I was just speaking from the yeah. heart. And all that. But it, it's so interesting as, as we – um, become in this self-awareness journey that we can see so much. And it's something that Liz Wiseman actually said today. It's, it's so easy for us to see in others um, what we don't see in ourselves. And, and we become diminishers versus multipliers. And, and we can create this diminishing behavior um, by thinking that we're doing good. And we don't even realize it. And that, uh, and I, th- I think I was doing that to my own daughter at the time without, without even realizing it. So here I am trying to build her up and, and, and instill confidence and do all these things and, and then just turn around and did some same diminishing behavior uh, and not building in some of those principles I was wanting her to have. And uh, pretty, pretty interesting that, that that occurs and a loved one has to kind of uh, have that brutal truth for us. And I think that's one of the best opportunities in life is to look at other people as mirrors that reflect back things that you may like or not like in yourself. And so for me, whenever she challenged me and said, you know, you're not doing this and actually called me on it, I think that's the most beautiful thing. So really looking for other people as a way to sort of gauge where you're at in your own journey and where you need to go next. And it hurts at first. It does. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But 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 we become the most grateful for that honesty. If if we're if we're really truly ready for that self journey, uh, and we're really being honest with ourselves, and we're really ready for growth, th- then we become the most grateful to those that have the courage uh, to do that. Um, if it's coming from a place of love, you know. Yes. Um, if they're just sitting around going, well, you know, you stink because of this, and I don't like you because of that. Uh, eh, you know, that's nagging. But uh, right. self discovery is a whole different ball game. And and thank you for sharing that. That 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 was a beautiful moment. Thank Anything you. else that you would like to share with the audience? Uh, I would just like to urge all the listeners to 
listen to themselves. I think we all have an inner guide, and the more that we can amplify that voice, trust in yourself, and do the things that you know you need to do in your life to create positive change for yourself and for others, you, I mean, just do it. It's, it's as simple as Nike. Just look at the logo and realize that you have the ability to take control of your life and steer in any direction that you choose. Well, Matt, we certainly appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on to the work-life balance. This has uh, been a fantastic interview. Um, and uh, again, thanks for, for answering my Twitter request and, and coming out here and educating the uh, listeners. You know, thank you so much for having me. This has been my pleasure and an absolute joy. And to find out more about Matt, again, uh, the, the column that we've been uh, referencing, again, was the 20 Brutal Truths About Life No One Wants to Admit. Uh, his website is presencepowerpotential.com. You can find out all about Matt there, how to book him, uh, how to engage with him, uh, find out more about his services and what he can do for you. Coming up on the Work-Life Balance, again, we announced um, uh, next week we're actually going to take a break. But the week after that, we've got Brittany Wagner. So for those of you that are, are Netflix binge watchers, uh, a phenomenal show that's just taken off called Last Chance You. Um, takes these athletes that uh, that have struggled in, in Division One programs, and then they they've come to this powerhouse junior college, and and she's really uh, the uh, one of the people that help really get them re-educated and, and relearning and, and and ready to go back to Division One. So uh, she's got uh, over 150 players that have come through that program and 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 actually on to the NFL, uh, including six current uh, NFL players. Uh, phenomenal person. Can't wait to interview her. Uh, and she's going to be on our show October 21st. Uh, so please tune in to that one. We've got many more exciting guests that we'll be announcing soon. We love all of you guys for joining us for the Work-Life Balance. We look forward to joining you on another Friday. Until then, stay tuned for us. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 